I, I, are a lot of you off tomorrow? Just We've got a lot of bankers and teachers, I believe. That's what the Church of Christ specializes in. Yeah, Charlie, you're off tomorrow? Okay, good. It's about time. About time you got a break. <laughs> That's his fault. Um, today's Memorial Day, but we get so caught up in Memorial Day that I think one of our, our favorite holidays that we don't even know is happening right now uh, is, is Pentecost. Uh, today is the day of Pentecost. Did you know that? Anybody? Yeah? Um, maybe your Bible app told you. My Bible app told me, and I said, I already know Bible app, and I threw it. But that's not that didn't happen. But we'll be in Acts chapter 2 today to celebrate Pentecost. And Acts chapter 2 is actually one of my favorite chapters of the Bible because what you have going into Acts chapter 2 is this, um, this desperation with uh, the, the, the disciples of, well, why, where are you going, God? And we, as we talked last week, he flew. He just ascended to the throne and he disappeared. And there is a sense of disconnection from God whenever he flies away from you, usually. And so you're waiting on God to come, and God to come in a, um, in a strong manner. You're, where is God when we now need him the most? Now there is some talk, talk of, well, what God is, um, this was Pentecost, Acts 2 is when the church began. I think it would be really difficult to draw a line, because what I see from Jesus is a church. A community of people walking around and glorifying God. Followers of Jesus were following Jesus long before Pentecost happened. But what you see at Pentecost is this really weird phenomenon that, that no one was expecting, not even the disciples. And we see it because the Holy Spirit came upon them powerfully and with um, action. Okay, so we'll be in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 starts off, when the day of Pentecost came. Pentecost is just five days, 50 days after the Passover. That's it. Day of Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. Day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This would be another way to say other languages or other um, uh, different, different uh, dialects. Now what happens though is really interesting because they weren't just, it wasn't just speaking Spanish. Uh, now, if I got up here and spoke Spanish to you, only a few of you would understand it. If I spoke French, which I cannot, uh, I, I had a fiancé at one point, but that's about as good as I get. Speaking of, real, just a bit of an aside, uh, this Saturday, Rachel and I will have been married 10 full years. Um, no, you don't know, that, yes, Rachel, thank you. I didn't do that for that, but I appreciate it. Um, we will be celebrating that by performing a wedding in Dallas. 
Um, and then, after that, we're going to fly to Nashville and listen to some good music for about two, two days. I almost said two weeks. We'll see. Uh, no, two days. We'll be there two days. But next Sunday, I won't be here. Now, typically, I don't like telling you that because y'all like me to be here, and I appreciate that. But what um, I, but Cade Richards is going to be here, and he's going to be preaching for us. And uh, he, is a, he is a fantastic speaker. He's a fantastic thinker. And I think you'll really benefit from coming and hearing his perspective. Um, and also, he'll benefit from you coming and supporting him. So please come and do that. And also, next Sunday night, the Harding uh, Choir, Harding Academy Choir will be here. Um, and sometimes... I'll be honest with you, we tell you there's a special group coming in and they're going to do something for us. Um, come hear that, but also come support them because they've come to do this. Uh, so it's a, you're going to enjoy it, but it's also helpful and beneficial for you to be here to support them. It's a, it's a, it's a relationship we got. So if you can come support that, that'll be great. We will miss you next Sunday, but not all that much. We, we'll be happy where we are, um, but we'll have, we're excited to have a brief little, um, sub, uh, no, sabbatical's a big word for the little thing we're doing, but a little, a little trip, we're taking a little trip, and we'll be, uh, you'll be missed, but, oh, way off topic, but we, um, the day of Pentecost comes, and there is this, this rush of wind, and God enters into a place, and affects them in a way where they start speaking in tongues and they start speaking in, a, in different languages. And look what happens in verse 5. Now they were, sta- there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, this loud rushing wind sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't? are all these who are speaking Galileans. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Okay, hold up. Whoa! Whoa! Is anyone just thrown off by that huge list of words I just read flawlessly? No, the <laughs> there was a flaw. I thought about mispronouncing Egypt just for fun. But there, no, is anyone, this is a huge, listen again. We all hear it in our native language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors of Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. This is a huge list of of diverse groups. And they get up and they start speaking and everyone hears them in their native tongue. And it is a tendency of ours, I think, to at this point go, Wow, cool miracle. Let's get to Acts 2.38. But this, what we have here is a, is a large span of people all hearing the gospel when it is first preached. 
I think this miracle isn't just a miracle that we need to look at and say, wow, pretty impressive. None of them actually are that sort of miracle. But it's pointing to something bigger than the thing that is actually happening. This isn't just a party trick. It is a statement about what the gospel is. It is a statement about what God is doing in this place. And what God is doing is for all types of people. The Holy Spirit came on them and they started a movement that ends with all sorts of people. Egyptians and Greeks and and Romans and eventually Germans and 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 people from Switzerland and Bingen are all all believers in God. The movement that started there in Jerusalem and spread out into all the world like God or Jesus asked his disciples to go and spread the gospel into all the world. The first gospel was heard by that many ears, that many different ears, that they spoke it, and it was heard by all sorts of backgrounds, by all sorts of of, um, geographical locations, by all sorts of languages, and all sorts of, of different dialects. And you know how that works. Have you ever met someone from deep south Louisiana? Ask them what language they speak. They'll say English. They're lying to you. (laughs) No, this can be... What are you... And people from up north have a hard time understanding us. Because we kind of elongate our words and the the different... You know, we speak whale. Amen. The long kind of... That's a Finding Nemo. If you go watch that movie, you'll get that. But there, we, we have different ways of speaking because we were brought up differently in different places and different, different cultures and different societies. And we are all so different. We are all so different. But from the very beginning, the message was that God has come to connect with the world and not just the world that we think He should connect with but with everyone who can hear. The gospel is a universal language. And it started out with that. They got up and they spoke and they started speaking and everyone heard. Everyone understood. He goes on. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Verse 12 says, Amazed and perplexed, they asked, one another what does this mean verse 13 says some however made fun of them and said they have had too much wine which is that something you do when you've had too much wine you know if you were to ever have too much wine i get really sleepy after two glasses of wine i start speaking in different languages well no that's not how it works 
They said, no, they've had too much wine. It's not on the slides, and it's not pertinent to my sermon. My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the Bible is, that, is Peter's next response. He said, no, well, no, we wouldn't have had too much wine. It's only 10 o'clock. <laughs> That's his reasoning. <laughs> but anyway, this, this message is, go, go, back, go back in the slides. Go back to um, verse, verse 9. This message, this huge list of people. Yeah, y'all nailed it. You nailed it. Good job. But there, this huge list of people, this, this is for everybody. And he will go on. He will go on to speak about, um, about Jesus being, this is what the prophets foretold. And what you're seeing is what the prophets Joel talked about. And what you're seeing is this beautiful thing and this Jesus. And he sums up his sermon by saying, this Jesus whom you crucified is now Lord and Savior. And we've heard that Acts 2.36 over and over again. And everyone said in Acts 2.37, what are we going to do? And in Acts 2.38 he says, repent and be baptized every one of you. But the beginning of the sermon starts with them speaking up and everybody hearing it. And that's what the message of the gospel, that's who it is for. Everybody. See, we're not good with differences. We're not very good with people who are different from us. Um, in, in a sense, we can boil that down to a lot of, a lot of different things. But... Um, Really, it comes down to like these big differences, like socioeconomic differences, rich or poor, <coughs> racial differences, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Asian, Chinese, Japanese, Asians. Asia is huge. Um, but all, all of these differences can get in the way between me and other people. I would never do anything like that. Of course you wouldn't do anything like that. And... And they wouldn't do anything you do. White, white people look at other uh, groups of people and we say, well, why do they do that? And other groups of people look at white people and say, why do they go camping? We're the only group of people in the world who pretend to be homeless for a week for a vacation. I just want to give you some perspective that, that we're not the ones who got it all together. And, 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 and other groups aren't other people from different countries and different cultures and different mindsets and different worldviews. They're not just trying to, we're not trying to convert them to our worldview. One of the craziest things that happened that we did as our, in the early 60s and 70s, not, not we, I wasn't old enough then, I wasn't even here, but... In the 60s and 70s, we went to Africa and, we, and we, we started teaching people the gospel. And part of, from, with the gospel, we brought khaki pants. We made them dress like us. Well, if you're going to come to church, wait a second, y'all don't have a church. Let's build a church. And the, we, we, we brought to them an Americanized gospel. Actually, an Americanized white gospel and the gospel is bigger and broader and and can influence more than just our our your particular race my particular race 
your particular socioeconomic status, my particular socioeconomic status, it can it 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 mess it jumps between genders and races and and statuses and it clears all that out and says, guess who's king? Guess who's Lord? Guess who's Savior? His name is Jesus. And he was crucified for you. And he is now Lord and Savior. See, the response is to the message that Jesus is Lord and Savior, but it's also you got such a big response because they started out believing that the message is for everyone who could hear it. And everyone heard. The message is for all who can hear it. I think sometimes one of the biggest mistakes we make as Christians is the Holy Spirit comes and we feel connected to God and we feel powerful in God and we feel powerful in worship and then we leave it here and don't say it and speak it to anyone. And of course you're going to feel disconnected to God, from God if you never try to connect others to God. You have a barbecue place you like? I have several friends who preach in Nashville. Um, I have friends. I have acquaintances who preach in Nashville that I could reach out to and ask, what's a good barbecue place in Nashville? When Rachel and I are going to, when we fly over there on next Sunday. Because that's really why you go to other towns is to sample their barbecue. And I could say, what, give me a good restaurant or give me a good place to go. Or tell me. And when you ask people that, they never say, oh, I have no opinion. They always have opinions. We could try, have you ever tried to convert someone to a barbecue place? Oh, no, no. Listen, if you like Big Jake. You're going to love the other one. What is the one when you're coming to Texas Canada that you have to eat outside on lawn chairs? Naaman's. Oh, yeah, that's good. And people say, well, there, you're, you, you've got, no, 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 not big. And we, we love our opinions and our differences. Because we, we, can't we like both? No, you can't like both. You've got to love one and you've got to hate the other. Because differing opinions bother us. But we, we get so excited about the things we believe in, especially if it's food. We get so excited about the things we're passionate about, especially if it's sports. And the spirit of the Razorbacks came upon them and they started speaking in rather foul tongues. That can happen. We get, we get overwhelmed and worked up by something. And God is sitting there thinking, I, I, I can imagine God's call to us being, I need you to be just as passionate about my son, my savior, my king, as, as you are about the new Razorback starting five. I'm sorry, I went basketball. That was way off court. Offense. I'll go football. 
I need you to be just as excited about, about what, what God's got going on and just as moved with what God's got going on as you are with all this other nonsense that we get excited about. And notice I'm not saying don't get excited about sports. I'm not saying don't get excited about, about great food and great fellowship and great uh, uh, hobbies. Get excited about that. But in the name of God, notice that all that stuff is stuff God has blessed you with and God can use. And that by, through eating and through, through sport and through um, practice and through uh, community, we can all connect with each other in the name of God. But until we start recognizing that and saying, you know what, we've got to talk, we, the name of Jesus has got to be on our lips. We have for too long said things like, well, they will know we are Christians by, by how we act. They'll just know. But if you want to be Christ-like, you have got to open your mouth about Jesus as the resurrected king. You've got to start talking about it. When we say that, when we talk about in Churches of Christ, we talk about steps and things you do to respond to the gospel, and one of them is confess. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not just saying yes before you get baptized. Confession is when you say on a regular basis, I do this because Jesus did this for me. And you say it to anyone who will listen. I have found that the best time to do this is when someone is saying thank you for a service offered for free. When you buy somebody's gas or when you help somebody out, and they say, oh my goodness, how are we ever going to repay you? And you say, no, 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 I did this because Jesus did that for me. And we can have a moment where I'm not just awkwardly saying you're welcome or no, no, it's no big deal. It's no big. I, I am saying powerfully to all who will listen, we live like this because Jesus did that for me. And that message must be proclaimed. The reason we, have, we can have some barriers and divisions in church is because we've turned our message, actually watered it down, and made our message more about you need to do church like I do church and less about Jesus is king and resurrected. I love the way we do church. I won't fight anybody who tries to change it, but I will disagree vehemently. But the way we do church isn't good news. The way we respond to the gospel is not gospel. The good news is that Jesus is alive and he is king and he will make all things right in the end. a message you've just got to get excited about and I think sometimes we can we can fail to get excited about it now notice what happens at the end go to that last that verse 13 notice what happens at the end some people thought they were drunk that's going to happen they might not think you're drunk but they're going to think you're odd they're going to think you're crazy And Paul, or Paul, Peter, took 
their thinking he was crazy as an opportunity to set their thinking straight. They're crazy. No, I'm not crazy, but Jesus is alive. You're drunk. No, I'm not drunk, but Jesus is Lord and King. You're wild. You've lost your mind. No, I'm not wild. I'm not lost. I haven't lost my mind. I understand that this does sound crazy, but Jesus is Lord and King. That message has got to be on our lips on a regular basis. That's what we do when we take communion. We're all together confessing that Jesus is Lord and Savior. All together. People, we've got people here from Ben Lomond to DeQueen to Murfreesboro to, we've got some here this morning from Little Rock and Russellville and from all over the place. Rachel's from Texas. Strange, foreign lands. We've got all this diversity, and then we all together say, Jesus is Lord and Savior. If we, just anyone we wanted to come across, anyone we, we met and developed a relationship with, anyone who is willing to listen, if we were to talk about Jesus in those moments, Instead of which church is right and which church is best, if we were to talk about Jesus in those moments, I think that is is life-changing, town-changing, county-changing, state-changing stuff. I think that's family-changing stuff. I've told you before, that I got fired from my first ministry job. And if that's news to you, it's fun news. It's, it's okay. I needed to get fired. Not because I thought I deserved it. It's just that, that relationship wasn't working out all that well. But they, uh, it wasn't for anything I preached. It wasn't for anything I, um, I taught in a Bible class. They couldn't catch me there. I had to call a secret meeting with torches. I don't know why, though. They had those. We had lights. I don't. Torches and were involved. They called a secret meeting and had to ask me some very specific, very pointed questions. And I had to be honest with them. The reason they couldn't catch me, catch me, I say that like. The reason they couldn't disagree with me publicly is because the message is Jesus. I'll preach Jesus wherever I want to, wherever they'll ask me. Last week, um, I preached at a Baptist on a Baptist yard. Growing up, that would have been kind of, what's he doing? Maybe now at 32, that's, that was the reaction too. But um, preached on, on, in, in, out there at the Baptist church. Because they asked me to come preach Jesus. I've preached at Methodist churches. I've preached at Assembly of Gods. I've preached at just about every little group. And every single one of them comes up and tells me the same thing after I'm done. You'd make a great Baptist. If they're Baptist. Methodist, you'd make a great Methodist. And I always say, you don't know me that well. 
The reason they say that is because there's something refreshing and powerful about the name of Jesus being proclaimed. Simply and purely and, and without, without um, qualifiers and without attaching my particular doctrine to that, there's something beautiful about the love of God and the name of Jesus being proclaimed. And everyone hears that and they say, you'd make a great... Because we're all aching and dying for this Jesus who died for us. We're longing for this Jesus who is king. We're aching to be set free from the, from the binds of, of our own particular um, opinions and our own particular desires and our own particular um, lifestyle, like what, 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 what we want in this hour of worship. And we say, well, I want to hear about this Jesus. The world is aching for Jesus. They don't even know it. And you look at them and see it and don't say it, it is sin. It's not how we're supposed to live. We've got this passion in us for Jesus. And you may say, Benjamin, you don't know my lifestyle. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one who talks about Jesus. You're the perfect person to talk about Jesus. Because for ta- far too long, Jesus has had... the the reputation of only speaking truth into people who've got it somewhat together. And if your life is a mess, one, let Jesus in and let the Spirit affect it. And then immediately go out on your balcony and start speaking to anyone who will listen. You do not have to have it all together speak about Jesus. Actually, I'd be honest, I'd, I think the people who have it all together rarely speak about Jesus either because they, they don't need him. Having it all together is having it all wrong. Having Jesus in a messy and crazy life, fixing and mending brokenness and sin Right now, not having fixed it, but Jesus, God's working on me. In the name of Jesus and the power of the Spirit, He's working on me. As soon as, as soon as that catches you, start letting it catch others and start speaking up. I don't know enough. Is Jesus alive? Is He King? That's all you need. We'll direct them, direct them to people who can help them if they have questions about things and stuff, like dinosaurs and where did those go. I'm, don't point them to me on that one. I don't know. Um, but people are going to have questions you can't answer. Don't answer them. But if their question is, Jesus is alive and he is king, whatever language they're speaking, that's going to resonate. And it's going to affect them. And it might just change them. And you might feel more connected to God the more you talk about God. This is going to be a slow growth. It might not be something you're comfortable with at first. So I would argue maybe take it slow. This week, Speak about God one more time than you did last week. And for some of you, that might be one time. 
there's no shame in that. Just love and grace and forgiveness. Just make an effort to say something about the good news to people that you wouldn't have said it to in the first place. Well, they don't want to hear that. Well, they might not want to hear that. But if you feel inclined to say it, guess who's pushing you to say it? Have you ever thought, I should say something about, I should say something, I should invite them to church, or I should say something to them about Jesus, I should say something to them about God, and then immediately thought, no, I shouldn't. Well, you're not a crazy person. You don't have voices in your head. But there's that battle in you of, I should do this thing, but I'm afraid to do this thing. And I would argue that any time you hear that fear in you, do it. Because God has called his people to be a courageous people. And you can be sure that when you're afraid, that is a sign that it is something that you should be doing. I'm, I don't like going over to people's houses, asking them how they are, talking to them about God. Not random people's houses, just people you know. It would be weird if I invited him to church now. We've known each other for 30 years. If you're afraid, do it. Have courage. Stand up in the power of, Holy, of the Holy Spirit and speak the gospel to anyone who will listen because the message translates to every situation.